Hello and welcome to part two in a very special EG Property podcast where we're looking at difference, we're looking at um, diversity and we're looking at sort of the role of talent in in real estate. And this this second podcast, I shouldn't say it, I suppose, for the for the uh, my guests on the first podcast, but this is the difficult one because in episode one we talked about the power of difference and how we all know what it brings to businesses. But in this conversation, we're going to be trying to look at how we move from toleration of difference to embracing difference and and then celebrating it and what real estate needs to do to move through those through those phases. And I have three excellent guests joining me for this. And I'm going to ask each of them to introduce themselves just so you, dear listener, can get used to their voices and tell me a little bit about whether they think that we are embracing difference in, in real estate. Sasha, I'm going to throw to you first. Um, Sasha Covington, COO um, for UK Valuation Advisory at JRL Limited. And your question is, are we tolerating or now moving on to embracing? For me, I think we're still at tolerant. You know, I I think we've got a long way to go. Embracing is where we want everyone to be. There is a difference in, in embracing and tolerance. To me, tolerance is a willing to be different in the moment. Do it long enough to tolerate it, willing to do this right now. I'll acknowledge your difference for now and then I'll go back to my normal ways. When we are tolerating something, we are still experiencing judgment. That's not where we want to be. We want to be embracing. And I I really don't think we're there yet. We're not in that path where we're embracing race, embracing culture, embracing difference, disabilities, LGBT and also gender. We're just we're just not there. Absolutely. And I I definitely want to come back to that in a little bit, because one of the things I want to talk about is fear. And I think that plays a huge role in enabling us to move from toleration to embracing and and celebrating. Michael, over to you next. Introduce yourselves and give us give us your view of where we are. Hi, Sam. Uh, Yeah, Michael Toft here. Thanks for having me. I'm the head of care homes at Octopus Real Estate. and yeah, I, I do agree with Sasha in terms of, you know, we are on a journey. I, I think we have seen some great, great steps and sort of, you know, we are moving the right direction. I think it's a bit by the proverbial oil tanker. It just, you know, it does take a long time to change. Um, but I do think so the stepping stones and the roadmap are in place that we can actually move towards embracing and celebrating the diversity in the workplace. I mean, certainly here, I'm, I, I'm seeing it. And you know, still more needs to be done. Um, but I think... We're not where we want to be, but I think we are making steps in the right direction to get there. Perhaps not as quickly as we like, but I think we will get there. Thank you. Jane, over to you. Hi, uh, Jane Hollinshead, Managing Director of um, People and Culture at Canary Wharf Group. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just plain no, we're not there. Um, I'd, I'd love to be more upbeat um, and oh, Sam, you and I have had so many conversations about this over the years, but, you know, I, I think initially if we, you know, turn the clock back 10 years, progress was absolutely glacial. We've had these um, spikes where the real estate industry has been jolted into doing things differently, whether it's um, Me Too, whether it's Black Lives Matter, you know, all of those things that really make people sit up and listen. But then if we're being really, you know, honest with ourselves, 
they are spikes, aren't they? And they fall back down and we end up sort of going into a bit of a torpor about um, pace and the direction of travel and, you know, some of the really profound shifts that you have to make in the, in the organisational design of companies to, to make that transition from tolerance to celebration. Um, so, sorry. <laughs> no, that's I, I like honesty, Jane. Um, and 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 you're right, aren't you? I mean, we talk a good game in real estate, yeah. and we have we have moments where every you know we're all human, so we see horror, and mm. we want we want to make a difference. Mm. And and I think you know, Sasha, you you described it perfectly with you know sort of what tolerance is that you know we'll 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 take it, we'll make a change, and then we'll go back to our, our quote unquote normal normal lives and we forget about it and that's how we get those those spikes and you know one of the things that that I've noticed and I do it I talk a good game and I don't think I do I have you know done enough action but um you know I see it in the stuff that we try and do that there still is this undertone of fear in the real estate industry fear of being different um and that if you call call something out that you're the one that's going to get um blamed or or you know sort of turned turned away and that it that is that is not embracing or celebrating so what is it that we what do we need to do to to shift the dial properly away from tolerating allowing difference to really sort of welcoming and and turning up the dial on that michael well i think we did to celebrate change and perhaps you seem to celebrate failure and ad admit failure, that people understand it's okay to try. Um, we do need to have the avenues into the real estate sector. I mean, certainly here at Octopus, we are you know, we're now um, bringing apprentices into the scheme from a you know, diverse background. It's just encouraging these people to come into the workforce to say they have a voice, their view is important. But by celebrating that, you know, but the, the particular challenges we have, you know, with, with climate risk, the diversity of views that we can celebrate is really going to help that journey. And I think by A, getting the, the right people into the workplace, but then actually encouraging them to have a voice um, and they will be listened to is, is, is really important. I, I appreciate that's probably getting a step ahead of ourselves, but that's where we, we would like to be. And, and Jane, would you agree with that? And do businesses need more roles like yours that force force the change? Um, yes, I do. Um, but not all businesses have that luxury. And um, this comes back to, you know, again, conversations and thoughts that need to be had around the extent to which it's prioritised and if it's not prioritised, the extent to which it sits within the, the DNA of the business because, you know, for change to actually happen, it has to sit within every single business decision that you make about your business at every single level from the top down to the bottom. And um, I think that, that that comes back to the nexus that you've got between winning people's hearts and winning, winning people's minds. And I think that the real estate industry right now has got on board with the, the cerebral bit of why this stuff's really important. And I think particularly those uh, real estate companies that are listed or that are um, funds and that sort of thing where they've got pressure being applied from their investor base or their shareholders, they've got those levers that are being pulled on a regular basis. But, but even where you've got those companies, there is still a distinction between fulfilling targets and, and you know, dealing with Hampton Alexander or Davis or, or Parker or whatever the 
you know the the, the best practices and then the gap between that and the real emotional sort of buy-in of understanding why this makes the business better and the, and the connection between the two hasn't gelled yet and I think that's probably why we're in this position where we're still talking about fear because we haven't we haven't demonstrated that transition from hearts to minds I don't think. Sasha you were nodding along there if people could see this podcast. <laughs> I was indeed no I agree with both Michael and and Jane there and and we're really fortunate at JOL because we actually have a a, a DNI director that leads the charge she's been with us about five years and works very much on the board and helps with our strategy going forward we're also blessed with a CEO woman Stephanie Hines has joined us she made uh, like probably five six months ago and has made a tremendous difference in in the DNI space in driving forward those changes we have lots of social groups we have lots of spotlight talks to raise awareness whether that be gender lgbt and also uh, race for change is really really prominent at jol but there is a lot to be done jol like michael's company have apprentices we've had them in place for about eight years now and they're starting to qualify but there's also an element of getting into the universities understand you know, working with the rics looking at how they get qualified it's really really difficult for some of the grassroots to come through and bring that change with them we need to not only look at surveyors but how that diversity in non-cognates come through that we need properties changing and, and and so is the face of property so we need that diversity in data scientists prop tech or we're just going to real estate's just going to get smaller and smaller and smaller i, I like this like this view that we've like we've got We've got people mentally, we've got people to understand why it is that we need to be different, have, you know, have groups around us that look different to to each of us to be, to be able to deliver good service. But the fact that people's hearts aren't in it, that they, they're not feeling it, they're understanding it, but not feeling it. That's where I get really sad. Because yeah. that should, that should <laughs> Quite be... Quite rightly too. <laughs> that should be the the almost the easy bit of it shouldn't it if we um if we're and it's a bugbear of mine I think real estate is really rubbish at being able to tell stories about people and things and what it actually actually does so how do we how do we get better at that storytelling side of thing bringing that the heart and the human into real estate to be able to hopefully before all of us you know pass from this um plane um make a difference Jane, any thoughts? Um, I, I just uh, pick you up on one point, Sam, about you say pe people that look different. Um, and I think this is another really critical bit to this, this shape shift of real estate industry is it's, it's also people that think differently. You know, and I think we talk about EG&I a lot as, as, a, as something that's a proxy for the whole cognitive diversity bit. Um, you know, and that that's where strength lies. That's where differentiation lies as well, isn't it? That you, you want, you know, to go to uh, Sasha's point around, you know, what we want new data scientists and prop tech and all the, the things that's going to keep us ahead of the pack. Um, I was rambling. What was, your, what, was the, what was the question I was supposed to be answering? <laughs> well, one, thank you for picking me up. Okay. Um, the, two, the, two, the question was around around that sort of changing, getting to the heart and soul of of people so that we can deliver change, shift the dial. 
Oh, well, I think that it is a lot to your first point about where we shuffle our mortal coil out of real estate. The next generation just, you know, for a lot of them that are coming through in their early 20s, it is a complete anomaly that any company would think like some real estate companies do, you know, and they will just go elsewhere. And so I know that it's quite a, a depressing thing to say, but, you know, I think there has to be that generational shift of, of certain people passing over and out and a whole new generation of people coming through and being the senior leaders and the decision makers, because they do see life through a different lens. You know, and, and then I think there's, there's people that sit within the grey area in the middle that will go wherever um, probably best serves their future and their purpose. So, you know, that that's we always talk about when you, you know, you're looking at the detractors on, on uh, shifting the environment to DNI. So, that, you know, that the middle management often tend to be the ones that are treated like the permafrost. Um, and that's that's where you, you, you can. That's where we need to focus our efforts. Um, and, you know, I think there's again, you know, there's this we've had conversations about how you do that. But um, the problem with things like linking diversity to remuneration and that sort of thing it just goes back to the problem of it, it changes um minds but not hearts uh michael what 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 are your views on, on that do you think at the you know we've got to rely on the on the next generation we've got to wait until then until we can change people's hearts as well um i hope not but i, I think a generational shift will I, listen i don't want to take early retirement but i, I think a generational <laughs> shift will uh We'll see the change and acceptance and the celebration come through. But I, I think it is an interesting question in terms of where are we recruiting our next generation of staff from? Mm. What opportunities do they get to, to 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 voice their concerns? You know, do we have shadow birds, do it boards rather, do we have uh you know diversity and inclusion committees? So there there is that arena for people mm. to voice their concerns and give them the confidence of of of, of um, that their voices do matter. When I look back, it's been incredibly difficult 18 months, but is there, is there a positive of the lockdown? Have we seen our colleagues on a more personal basis, seeing into their homes, you know, dent, being able to sort of uh, have empathy with how hard it has been for some people and particularly for, for the youngsters? Um, so I think that has that perhaps helped. And if we can hang on to the benefits of, of a positive from lockdown, we, we that may have accelerated some of the change and acceptance that we we focus on our younger colleagues and what do they need? Um, going forward, uh, you know, mentorship and, and a, yeah, and a, and a platform to, to express their views. I, th I think it's even more than what they need. It's it's what our generation can learn, yeah. you know. And um, I think there's never been a more critical time for listening to these future leaders because what they bring to the table in terms of experience is is absolutely enormous. Um, it, you know, and, and when you think about how long some of our leader, senior leaders have been in the business, you know, they could do with the external stimulation. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I think things like junior boards are, are fantastic. It's one of the things that we're doing at Canary Wharf um, in the, the two and a half months I've been here is, is setting up a, a junior board for that very sole purpose is to listen and learn from that next generation of talent. 
Sasha, do you think that's some somewhere that um, we can change hearts? If it, I know, you know, Stephanie is obviously new to the to the real estate state world. She, you know, she's some she's a she. So um, there are people in the JLL business who can look up to her as a oh that you know that could be be me. But is she also through that new appointment enabling more of JLL to to talk to different people to to learn from from the ground up, I suppose, from the 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 newcomers coming into the sector. Yeah, definitely. And and I think it goes back to particularly with Stephanie, like you can't be what you can't see. Like I've never thought I'd be able to make that board because there's just there was no women there. And I'm sure absolutely positive the younger generation feel the same, particularly of the ethnicity. If there is no black leaders up there, how can they be aspired to get to the top? But there's also the shadow boards are really interesting. Um, way as well because we we put that in place in in valuation advisory in our teams we have our board and then we have a nine on the shadow board and they're from graduates to directors uh, of different colors and different makeups you know that they're all there and that's really driven our business forward particularly in a diversity and inclusion space where they helped collate and drive through our dni strategy and our action plan and some of those DNI action, you know, actions are really quite strong. And, and it goes back to looking at um, how we recruit. One of our actions on our inside our DNI plan is that no role is to be offered unless there's ethnicity being being interviewed for that job. No same sex interviews. You know, I wouldn't want to be interviewed by two or three men. I find that really uncomfortable. And I think by us making that change and driving that through, the younger, you know, the grassroots, will it be accepting of that? And I speaking to, to our grassroots, our apprentices and graduates, some of the things that I went through, like I've been in real estate 35 years now, they are completely gobsmacked by, by some of the sexism and the gender and, and, and the racism that went on. And I accepted that because I never called it out. I was too junior to call it out. And I think as we're getting braver and, and we're talking about the uncomfortable you know, I think that there's a lot more people with a voice now listening to the stories. You know, we have reverse mentoring at JOL and I found that incredibly useful on the race side where I'm listening to a young black woman coming in real estate and kind of telling her story and, and saying, like, my parents told me not to go into real estate because I'm black and I wouldn't be accepted. I mean, that to me, that's shocking. And, and there is some teaching, not only in schools and universities, but also of parents as well. Like it is it is a safe environment to be in real estate if you are black. We just they're just not attracted to it. And how I know we've, we've all talked about this a lot, but how do we how do we change that? You know, I know there is a lot of people trying to go into schools to talk to people. There is, um, you know, we are trying as an industry to look more open, but it's it's not working, is it? No, it's a legacy thing as well. If you look, you know, real estate is white, old and crusty. That's how it's seen on the outside world. That's what it is. And so if you're not one of those, it's really hard to be aspired to come into this. Um, and it's, it's going to be a challenge. It's a legacy challenge. If you look at um, the new up and coming firms, all the startup, the techs, the prop co's, they're young, they're vibrant, they look different, they sound different, they dress differently, um, you know, and that's what our young generation wants to be attracted to. And that's kind of the feel and the love that we want to see in real estate. I think it's good. It's a legacy thing.
Yeah. Jane, are there any um, firms, sectors out there that are doing it well, that are celebrating difference that we should be looking looking to, mimicking as a, as a sector? Have you come across any? I quite like Lego. Lego do it really well. <laughs> <laughs> and they're in construction, yeah, real exactly. and plastic. Yeah, it's like it's where all the best builders start. Um, do you know what? I, I, the, the thing that worries me about that question is that you you can always you can always come up with a, a response of of companies that are doing it well, but generally the companies that are doing it well are incredibly that they, they tend to be international. They have huge resource. They have huge reach. Um, they have huge ability to partner and that's not in any way to belittle their achievements because I think when you look at companies like Unilever or Lego or Heineken or, or any of these companies that have got you know well there's, there's a correlation isn't there generally the companies that have really good ESG agendas tend to also have good DNI agendas because there's there's that kind of interdependency there so if you've got companies that are really focused on on the ESG and maybe that's something that's worth focusing on as real estate as a, as a solution out of this um then one tends to follow the other. But but the bit that worries me is that real estate as an industry has got a very, very, very long tail of companies that are either private or um, you know, mid mid-size, mid-cap or small cap. And so those are the ones that we really need to focus on because they don't have the resource, they don't have the, you know, the 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 ability or the the deep pockets, you know, like you know some of the the REITs or the or the advisory firms like JLLD, you know, and they do a phenomenal job. But again, I think that it, it's not about singling out companies that do it well, although they're you know they they're useful to look at and it's useful to read their annual reports and see all the stuff that you could cherry pick. For me, I think it's about how do we operate as one unified sector where we partner with each other and the companies that are bigger that are the listed PLCs or the, the um, institutional investors or the advisory companies are working with those that are further down the line in terms of that trail so we all get there faster because what we can't have is, is sort of some twin track element of premier and secondary real estate because you're always going to fall down to the lowest common denominator in terms of bad behaviours and reputation so it's 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 pulling everyone up together and sharing best practice and resource and um, it would be great you know in two years time to be able to demonstrate that we've done that as an industry rather than have standout real estate companies that are seen as exemplars because you know this is a this should all be about collaboration yeah, yeah. Michael, Sasha, you're you're both working in your companies with with smaller smaller business businesses. Do you feel some responsibility to to help them along the along the way as well? Yeah, I I'm sorry, Sasha, I, I jumped in. Go for it. Go for um, it. <laughs> yes, I certainly think we do. I mean, across the Octopus business, we have you know we are investing into companies where we can we can enhance change. But I, I think certainly for looking from the real estate side, and I think it's picking up on, on, on Jane's point, the ESG, I think that's a really important metric that we have been as an industry very focused on the E, rightly so. Mm. Um, and, and the S has not been forgotten, but you know our people aren't dealing with it so well. And I think really when you look at uh, the investor questionnaires, the DDQ questionnaires mm. we're doing, that is getting
getting much more priority from the investor base and that is going to facilitate change and that is causing us as an industry to look inward if we don't address this that we're not going to be able to secure the investment so you can't afford Mm. to stand still in my view Uh, the small private companies they may not be so influenced but if we're dealing with institutional investors we have to demonstrate that we're taking this issue seriously so i think that that will inha- well will dictate there has to be continual improvement. Again, it's not being as fast as we like, but nobody can afford to stand still. Sasha? Yeah, I completely agree. And I think our clients are dictating the way we're going on this as well. You know, when we're pitching now, we're committed to our clients to say that you will receive a diverse team. We will be pitching a diverse team to you when we're working and also you've got to kind of think our clients are diverse our world is diverse so so why is it that you know it's difficult for us to attract black people when we have black clients you know if I if I'm a woman I'm I'm, you know I'm from quite an underprivileged background growing up I want to deal with people that look and sound like me and you know, kind of understand where I'm coming from. I don't necessarily. And actually, when I'm speaking to the public school man, he makes me nervous. Like I feel intimidated by that. Um, and so I don't want to see that. I want to see a different blend in, in our in, in our real estate industry. For us working with smaller companies, I think it's essential. You know, we, we have the manpower, JOL, as a lot of these institutions do. Um, I'm on the PREFC steering group now when we're actually holding satellite DNI sessions for those smaller companies to leverage off some of the good work that we're doing and also talking to the bigger institutions or some of our competitors like CBRE and coming together and talking about what are you doing well, what you what hasn't worked and sharing that those sharing those ideas and, and you know, finding those synergies between us all. And, it, and if real estate could move from toleration and being told being told you have to get this right, otherwise we're not going to work with you we're not going to invest in you um you know if we moved beyond that point to a hey this is just the way the world operates and this is a a uh human humane way to to be and maybe let's all just be nice to each other that would be pleasant wouldn't it if we move to to that where you know let's say we don't have to be having this kind of conversation what could what could the real estate sector achieve what could it what could it B, what would its what would its tagline be? I, I suppose. And Michael, I'm going to throw that um, horrible question to you first. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, I think we could be seen as a you know a much fairer industry, and then we can we, we can tackle the big problems within the industry. That diversity of view. I mean, the the, the younger generation have a have a more diverse view, um, and we need that because you know we, we we have a climate crisis to solve. We we have a changing real estate landscape that I think you know we can all go through cyclical changes but there's a shifting of the guard and that that fresh young diverse views is going to help us to modernize the industry i find this a really challenging question actually because um and, and because we've been speaking about it for all of my career how to how to embrace women how to embrace ethnicity how to embrace that those that are gay it's really really challenging question um, I'm hoping we're going to get there. I think um, outside of our, our industry, if we, you know, there's stereotypes in, in movies to do with, you know, you know, um, the portrayal of black people being gangsters or when there's a kidnap, it's women. So it's always negative on the outside. And I think until 
our outside influences change as well. We're going to find it really difficult in any industry to change. Um, I had an interesting conversation with a young apprentice, actually, um, who recently came to me and said, you know, my, my dad has bought me a gold tooth. Is it acceptable for me to, to put that in, in, with the rest of my teeth you know, in my mouth? And I actually didn't know the answer to him because actually in, in real estate, no, it, it would not see, be seen as acceptable. He would be seen as, you know, that kind of stereotype that we see on the movies or the rapper or or that kind of black in, young individual. And I guided him to one of our senior black valuers who said to him, no, you can't do that. The world isn't ready for that yet. You're, wow. 20, year, you're 20 years from putting that gold tooth in your mouth. So... You know, I don't know what you're going to do. And there are two black people in our industry talking about something that outside of our industry would be completely acceptable. It's not, it's not a problem. But for this young black apprentice, he wasn't able to do it. And something that doesn't change that individual at all. It is it doesn't, an no. adornment. It, it, it doesn't change that individual. It's a perception. And, you know, a black person trying to get an investment is incredibly difficult. And you can't say there are no black investors out there who want to deal with black invest, you know, investment agents. I, I don't know why that is. And that's why I find this really, really challenging. Like, what does how can we achieve to get to a better place? But I think there's so many outside influences and changes in the way we think and feel about um, D&I that that needs to be dealt with as, alongside this I'm Thank not sure you. that I answered your question but as you were talking I'm thinking about that 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 gold tooth <laughs> it, it raises another question and I think probably a more important question which is perception isn't it that this is all perception and until we change change our perceptions we're not going to move from toleration to yeah. celebration I mean at what point do you say it's okay you know why, why are we not saying it's okay right now yeah, because because otherwise the, the 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 rate of change will continue to be slow. I mean, I I think without wishing to be too too negative about stuff, you know, the outside world's quite a tricky place right now. You know, and and you think about all the things that have happened over the course of you know recent history where we thought we were making progress and then you hear things like we we've heard in the last week about you know Sarah Everard and that type of thing and you just really it, it makes your heart sink that this is a society that we live in and, and you know you, you you talk Sam about how demoralizing you find it when we do these surveys every year and, and yet there's still some really awful things that are happening within our industry but they're happening in the outside world too and and so it's you know the challenge I guess to your point around what the future looks like is is can you outmaneuver society because some of the stuff that's going on society is permeating into what's happening within our industry so how do you make you know how do you flip it on its head and make our industry watertight so some of the really awful stuff that happens in society is not happening within real estate so it becomes you know a center of gravity for attracting difference where you you can say that you know what you're you put the gold tooth in 
you know, because it's not going to in any way affect how I judge your ability, your, you know, your commitment to the role, whatever it is. You know, so I, I think you, we do need to be, we need to acknowledge that actually just generally we're, we're in a tricky place right now. And I think a lot of that is post-pandemic. And I think that will put a lot of pressure on companies that we probably haven't yet seen in terms of, you know, issues around mental health, recruitment challenges, you know, what does the future of, of the workplace look like, all of that. But also keeping this bit around people and culture and, and diversity right at the top of the agenda, because it comes back to this bit around unless we create agility within real estate and you create that agility through cognitive diversity, we're just going to lose out. Yeah, and we're going to and, 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 the, and the pace of change is going to be faster than it's ever been. And we have to be able to marry that against a whole series of headwinds that are coming from within our industry and also outside from society. So, you know, I've said it before, but this is not the time to take your gas off the, your foot off the gas right now. Jane, I, I completely I, I also agree with a lot of what, what you said and my own experience. Um, being a white woman in our real estate, you know, I started JOL as a team secretary 25 years ago. So I have, I'm uneducated, which was kindly pointed out to me um, when I went about five years ago, when I asked, why was I, why, why was I not promoted? How can I be a director? And the answer to that was from one of our directors. And he said, you'll never be a director at JOL. You are a woman. You're uneducated and you don't talk properly. <laughs> and to me, that that kind of although I was so absolutely kind of it was like a, you know, a, a bullet to me. Like I'd worked 20 years in a company that I absolutely adored and loved. And, and to be told that that would never happen for the, those three things. Yes, I am a woman. I can't change that. I am uneducated. I'm not academic. But that doesn't mean to say I'm not emotionally intelligent because I am. All good at your job. All good at my job. <laughs> and <laughs> absolutely. And, and why, why would I why would I be put on the back foot for that? And I think that 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 comment. is said all, you know, in different ways all across our industry to women, to, to all sorts of di diverse um, groupings. And it's not fair. But for me, it spurred me on. I could have just turned around and, and, and have gone. I've left JOL and gone to a different company, but he didn't. It spurred me on, and and by calling it out, I called it out, and and you know, the the firm was really really supportive in that. And that's the other thing: we need to call bad behaviour out. Yeah. We can't make change without calling it out. And it's incredibly difficult to do because you don't want to be seen as a troublemaker. I didn't want to be seen as that. You know, being a woman calling something out is like, oh, she's stroppy. You know, she's got an attitude problem. No, something feisty. I'm just feisty. You know, I'm 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 a strong mother and a wife who, who works for an incredible company and passionate about diversity and change and ensuring that there is a a fair playing field for every single person, no matter what your background is. You know, and it's kind of Jane, I agree with what you're saying completely. It's 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 not much to ask, is it really, for a, a fair fair playing field and to be um, valued for for what you bring to the company, not from 
where you're from or um, how you talk or how you think, you know, just what you bring and what you can what you can add to 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 a company, I think, is what we should all be all be judged on. And and I guess to bring us round to something mildly positive, I suppose, to to um uh, to round up the conversation, I, I think, you know, uh, highlighting that this is not a real estate issue. This is a a global problem, and we are in a very strange world at the moment, and not a very pleasant world, if we're honest, at the moment. And that needs to change. But what a what a challenge for real estate to be a part of that world that is doing it better that is a welcoming place and if we as you know we talked yeah. about this needs to be all of us together if we can we can pick up that challenge and say okay well we're going to be better than the outside world the real estate world is, will not tolerate bad behavior will not tolerate um put downs um but we and we will celebrate everything that comes along the way we will tell that young man who wanted to put his gold tooth in you you wear it mate and uh and we'll ce- we'll celebrate celebrate that then we can be better and what a story for real estate to tell the rest of the world and one would hope that then helps with the talent issue and getting more and more people into the sector and helping it through this rapid transformation that it's going through imagine that imagine <laughs> is, it going to be within our, yeah, is it going to be within our careers I think it's probably our children's careers where yeah. it will be you know even speaking to my own daughter um you know what what she disagrees with I I in my younger career thought was acceptable and she just won't tolerate how how men talk to her or being asked to make a cup of tea in a meeting or assume that she's the person taking the minutes you know she just wouldn't tolerate that where if it when I was her age I definitely would have done I would be too scared or too nervous but I don't think it's going to be in, in in my career that this happens but I hope it's going to be my daughters and my grandchildren's yeah, well, I think it's. I think you're right, Sasha. And I think it's it's incumbent upon. I look at my children. They're they're, they're young, but I th- you know they're they're ambivalent to sort of race, sexuality. It's, it's sort of inbred in their education now. So I think that that you know that's a that perhaps as a banker than coming through. We can't really afford to wait that long. But perhaps the conversation you had, which I, you know, I would hope that would be unacceptable this day. We wouldn't be having that conversation. So trying to pick on the positive end and a positive Sam, but you know, perhaps there is progress demonstrated there we've still got lots to do i think that the key point is is educating or getting the perhaps shall i call them the dinosaurs in the industry to celebrate the youth coming into the marketplace because they just their perception of, of society is different and, and they are going to move on the conversation fantastic well let's end on that positive note but let's not put um all the pressure on the youth to save the planet and save our souls uh, but um let's hope that we can look to look to the future with um with some positivity um thank you so much for joining us on the eg property podcast jane sasha and michael